You're listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network on BingeMedia.net. And now, a TV Roundup Commentary. I'm Bob Ross. I'll be your host as we experience the joy of painting. From BingeMedia.net, it's Wake and Bake with Bob Ross. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Wake and Bake with Bob Ross. I'm Jack, and today, TM is out. He's got his own thing going on, so I'm joined... By one of our binge lords, himself, Alex Sincere. What's going on, man? Buddy, what's going on? And did you just assume my pronoun? Because if you did, well, good job. Nailed it. No, you're welcome. So, mm. all right. <clears throat> uh, it's been a little while since we've recorded one of these. And, uh, you know, always good to uh, throw one back, have some nice, light conversation mm-hmm. uh you know nothing nothing crazy going on in the entertainment world these days so uh let's just kick back and uh, have a good time so um as always yeah we randomly select two episodes alex you provided me with a couple numbers i filled in my own so going in chronological order as we always do we're starting with season 19 episode 9 of the joy of painting with bob ross and actually now that i think about it if anybody mm-hmm. hasn't heard this show before basically what we do is we kind of just have a chit-chat over a couple episodes of The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. Uh, we enjoy Bob's company, and uh, hopefully he teaches us how to enjoy ourselves and enjoy the world around us. So that's where we're at, that's right. and that's what we're doing. So yeah. Very free man, Bob Ross. Like, I, Despite the coke nail and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if he ever dabbled with like a criminal past or, or anything like that. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's very much to me just a straight shooter. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was any conning of anyone when it comes to Bob. You know, he was he was a Marine. He was a painter. He mm-hmm. did his thing. He's a good man. Yeah, he was so. the best of us. He was, um, yeah. you know, the best man I ever knew. So Yeah, there you go. All right, so uh, Season 19, Episode 9. Uh, Alex, have you got your thing queued up? I do, yeah, yeah, it's super queued up. All right, nice. All right, let's give it a three, two, one, then go. So, and we'll go on, go. Ready? Three, two, one, and go. Oh, Oh, animated, Bob. Very nice. Very nice. Always good Mm -hmm. when I think I said this pre-show, but uh, you know, you're you're you have subtitles turned on, and first subtitle you see is in parentheses calming music. So, (laughs) I thought you were gonna say coke now. Oh well, just to cue everybody in. Sure. Uh, so it looks like we've only got two two buttons undone here. So uh, this is a little bit more conservative, Bob, probably yep. at the beginning of the sesh. You know? I, I so. believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Vignette. Okay. Well, you know, these these sometimes these work out really nicely. Other times, eh, so. As a, as we'll a rule, I don't know if I like the 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 uh, the vignette the the, the pre frame. I'm more of like a just kind of present frame kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, sorry, yeah. uh, pre-framing on the canvas is what I mean. Yep, yep. I'm more uh, of just I'm, like an open canvas kind of guy. 
Yeah, I mean, he does some interesting things with this sometimes. Um, you know, we always talk about Bob in terms of, like, the layering. And, yeah. you know, he'll usually put an entire piece together, take that uh, sticker off that's kind of creating the vignette effect, and then add, yes. like, a tree to the foreground or something. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, I, I also think it's kind of rare for him to start with these kind of, like, southwest deserty colors. It's kind of odd. Yeah. That, it, you know, yeah. it just kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's like, it's very, I mean, for him, he always paints Alaska, but it's very evocative of, like, you know, New Mexico or or in the south, you know, right, like, it's right. definitely not as far north as, say, your Alaskas, your uh, Washington states, even New England, right? I sure. mean, he's very, Absolutely. he's very in that milieu. This is, this is a lot more where, uh, I don't know, it kind of feels like maybe where they filmed No Country for Old Men or something like that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're in the fucking, we're in West Texas right now. We're in the southwest, baby. That's right. Love it. That's right. So, <clears throat> one of the kind of uh, tough things to find out there is, for as popular as the joy of painting is, I, I know yeah. I've talked about it on this show before, but a lot of people don't realize that the joy of painting with Bob Ross is actually not the original iteration of the joy of painting. Um, That's right. That's right. The guy who in kind of like came up with this whole style and methodology for like the wet on wet uh, painting technique as a teachable thing on television mm-hmm. um, was actually, I can't remember the guy's name. I think he was Danish, but it, it was a prequel to this series basically. Pretty much. Um, yeah. And yeah, it yeah, got yeah. me thinking in general about, you know, I, I never put it in these terms before, but that prequel actually probably did a lot more for creating the architecture of what this show is. And the, you know, I think the quality of what it is, Mm-hmm. I was trying to think back on any other prequels that, like, I don't know, didn't detract from the experience of the original, you know? And it's kind of it's kind of tough to find them. Um, I, I couldn't even really think of one off, my, off the top of my head, you know? Right, that doesn't detract from, like, the main property, right? That, it, that it's spun off of. Yeah, or, yeah. like, isn't trying to lean too hard on mm-hmm. what's, what, like, what came before. we already know is going to come later, you know oh, what I mean? What, yeah, 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 right, gotcha, gotcha. That kind of thing. That's interesting. I mean, and we're going to, dude, we're going to get so many of them in the next few weeks. House of the Dragon, right? Sure. Fucking, we got that Andor show. Fucking Andor. The fucking Rings of Power. Like, everybody everybody wants to tell the story beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I feel like nobody's cracked the code on doing it well. It's just, I don't know. It's weird. Other than this? Well, yeah, maybe. If we can ever find that season, we'll be able to make a judgment call. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because now it's just kind of this, uh, this enigma, this myth. This thing, this, you know, this uh, fleeting dream we're trying to remember at night, you know? Right, right. It's a little... uh, This is an interesting color palette, though. I mean, this really does look... Maybe it's just the vignette that's Mm -hmm. telling me this, but it looks like an Easter egg. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looks like an Easter egg. To me, I was like, this is looking like a really fucked up, uh, you know, planet Jupiter. Mm. You know? Uh, Sure. It also kind of looks like... uh, Almost like a mirage. What's uh, Bob doing here? It's like using his finger to to paint. Yeah, I've, I've never seen him do that actually. No, no, he's usually um, just kind of a brush guy, not a finger guy. Yeah. I mean, I guess he needs that to be like super, super white. I don't always fucking know. I don't know. Just that's that, interesting. The brightest spot yeah, I mean, on that, or I guess that's the sun. Yeah. yeah, that's. I think that's what he's going for overall there. God damn it. Very good. 
Guy's was, so fucking talented. It's ridiculous. Well, I was just like looking for a light source, and I just realized I was talking about the sun the entire time, and also looking at it. Oh. Fucking idiot. Well, good for you. So. I'm looking at it. <laughs> Oh man! Wow. <clears throat> I mean, isn't oh, watching geez. these? So this says uh, joy painting. This is nineteenth season, or is this the nineteenth episode? Nineteenth season. Nineteenth season. Nineteen eighty three. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you weren't born yet. Would you yeah. want to like, you know, like if you had a time machine, would you go want to go back to nineteen eighty three? See what Bob was doing. See what maybe your fucking pops was doing. Fucking hanging out um, with the band Boston, driving them around, doing coke. I mean, what a pull right there. Uh, first of all, yes. Uh, <laughs> secondly, if I had a time machine, well, the thing, the thing about that though, is, mm-hmm. and I was, so I was thinking about this the other day. A friend was over, and we were just kind of bullshit, and we had a drink or two, and mm-hmm. we're watching Tenet, right? And we're just sitting there, and we're just like, this movie's fucking nuts, man. I started to think about like, okay, time travel, probably will never be invented because if it was invented it's the whole paradigm then we thing, would yeah. we would already know about it sure because it would be impossible to time travel and not have people in the past know that time travel is a thing but then it got me on this whole tangent of wait a minute has anybody ever made a sci-fi movie mm-hmm. and maybe this is the thing i want from like not a tenant sequel but like i don't know just somebody else to like play with the concept yeah but some sort of like espionage thriller around the idea that we know that time travel gets invented sometime 50 years from now because we have people from the future walking around and we've been, somebody's been able to verify this but what if someone was trying to stop the creation the, the the discovery of time travel from happening and that's your action movie you know and like would that yeah. completely destroy everything kind of mm. deal because it's it's not possible, right? Like when you start getting into like, no, it doesn't seem Back to fun. the Future and Terminator, it's fine because it's fun. But like when you get sure. into like complicated quantum mechanics, it's just not it's not feasible. Yeah, I mean, there but are, it there might are, make for a fun movie. It would make for a great movie. I mean, un- until you let until you threw in that last caveat of finding the time machine to destroy it, which is a fucking great, um, you know, just a great plot for a thriller, right? Yeah. So, I was thinking a Looper. Sure, but then you threw in the you know the caveat of you know the the time machine and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I mean that was the first one that I thought of where it mm. was. I mean that's not really espionage; it's just more of a thriller of a guy trying to outrun himself. Right, and right. I know you're not a huge fan of that movie to begin with, right? I I like Looper. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Looper's Looper's a good time. Huh? Maybe it's um. Is it's, it, it's that other Ryan Johnson movie I don't like? Oh, maybe it was Jack Valley the Third. Speaking of who I was talking to, could be, could be. Man, that sounds that sounds fucking awesome. I just like the fact yeah. that you're like casual hangout. Let's fucking throw on Tenant for a little bit. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Okay, okay. First of all, I know a lot of people have tr- have trouble with that movie. There yeah. is oh, so no, much that's not, shit. That, yeah, that's not what. Uh, yeah, I wasn't like critiquing it. Uh, no, no, no. But but like, <clears throat> there is shit mm. in that movie where. Like, in the background, you can see characters moving in reverse in a scene where you didn't know that anybody was reversed. It's it's yeah. fucking wild. That, that's it's, what, it's so much fun. It, it's so fucking concentrated with that kind of shit, right? There's so much yeah. of it in there. And that that's one of yeah. the things that – so I've only seen it probably like two and a half times. 
Um, yeah. Saw it with Chad, then saw it with my wife, and then we saw it just randomly in hotels and stuff like that. Sure. On first watch, like, that was the thing that fucking threw me because it would kind of take me out of it a little bit because I was noticing stuff like that. And I was like, wait, mm. uh, but this is already after the reveal. So like, and then you start going back in your head, like thinking about that stuff. And it would, I don't know, like the first viewing was amazing. Don't get me wrong, but I was still kind of like stuck outside of it because I was trying to wrap my head around so much of it, you know, like sure. just how concentrated that kind of stuff is. Those little moments, that's going to catch my eye and tweak me out. And I'm just going to be fucking thinking about that for the next two and a half hours or whatever. I, I, yeah. It, it's just, for me, it's fun as fuck. I mean, oh, I get oh, yeah. it if people get get like confused and they're just for they sure. tap out at it. Whatever. You know, no, but. that's one of those movies that's again, like so concentrated with that kind of detail and the amount of layers that it just begs for multiple watches. Like, like Nolan said, like yeah. you and I are definitely the people, the type of people that, uh, he made that movie for, you know, we'll go back and sure, fucking sure. watch that shit. All right. So, <clears throat> sorry. I'm, I don't know what's going on with my throat today. I, I'm just fucked up, but, um, so we're, we're on a Nolan kick here. Did you happen to see that uh, Oppenheimer trailer yet? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I, I mean, I'm I'm a Nolan fan. So like, I'm in. I don't care what the trailer is. I'm in. Like, the cast is awesome. Robert Oppenheimer invented the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling Nolan is going to try to simulate an explosion of an atomic bomb on film. He's probably the crazy fuck's probably going to try and make a real one and film it because he's a crazy fuck. Yeah, I'm into that. Right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. But all I could think about when I started looking at the cast list the other day was, man, this is just another opportunity for Brian Cranston to be cast in something, and he's just not fucking in it. And I, I don't understand it, dude. Like, I don't understand why he is not... I don't know if it's shoehorned is the right word or what. Like, whatever. I just... I, I want him to get more quality film roles, and I don't know why a movie that has that deep of a bench... Doesn't have a five-minute speaking part for, you know, our, our boy fucking Tim Watley. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he's a he's a, uh, an anti-dentite. Mm, sort of heard, so. Huh. <laughs> he also has one of, like, the best old school. Like, they don't make that face, time, face anymore. Cranston does. Right. And, right. like, he was so good in Trumbo. So good mm. in that. Like, on multiple levels. But, like, he just looked like he fit in that time period. So, yeah, it is yeah. kind of perplexing that he would not be in something like Oppenheimer or, uh, or uh, you know, any – we're talking about prequel shows and stuff, like anything like that. So Yeah. yeah that, would, that would be, like, up to his level. It's bizarre. Yeah, you know, I mean, one place – I mean, if we're going to talk about prequels that he could appear on, mm-hmm. like, there's one uh, – George Miller is working on – Furiosa, the fucking Mad Max prequel. Sure. I mean, yeah. it's not like there are a ton of elderly people in the Mad Max world. Mm. And, you know, obviously he'd have to play older. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, man. Brian Cranston might have, like, a like a nice little bit part in there that you could you could do something with, you know? Give the guy something. The guy's a multiple award-winning actor. He's one of the best. Yeah. What is this color? What is going on? Oh, this has got to be, uh, is it a water scene? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what's happening here. 
Oh, that's why that looks really cool from yeah. a distance. Yeah, up close it's tough to see it. But. You know, you get so he doesn't work with a lot of warm colors. I love this, and it's it's taking up the majority of the canvas. I love this shit. Fuck yeah, Bob, do your thing, dude. You know what would be an interesting experiment? Maybe we should try it on one of these episodes in the future. I wonder <clears throat> how impressive this would be if you actually made this black and white. Right, because yeah, yep. color, color is color. Mm-hmm. Black and white, though, with these these sort of like layers of color. I wonder how much of that would actually show through, and what this would all look like, you know, and and see like what the what the skill really entails. Like, what are the limits yeah, yeah, of yeah. this guy's skill? You absolutely, know? absolutely. Because black and white, right? I mean, black isn't really a color. They say it's it's the just the absence. The absence of uh, of uh, any kind of color. It's like mm-hmm. the absence of color is fucking no color. It's black. So, exactly. really, what you what you would get with a black and white Bob Ross canvas is objectivity, because you don't see. You're not going to really see the um, the contrast and the warm or the cool colors. You know, the, the, that's the. Those are the details. And all the details mm-hmm. matter, right? As the wire tells us. Great show, by the way. Love to see a prequel oh, on that. One that of is best. well, I guess it's the corner, but which is amazing. And some say probably better than the wire itself. Yeah, you know what though? They could prequel mm-hmm. the corner, dude. Prequel prequel the prequel? Prequel to the corner. Let's call it the street. The street? From well, the street to the corner, from the corner mm-hmm. to the wire. Writes itself, dude. Well, I'll, uh, I, I like, yes, and I like that idea. <laughs> yes, and, okay. um, okay. but there was homicide life on the streets also by David Simon. Now I know not in the wire universe, even though bunk does show up as a character in homicide, but it's a different, doesn't, bunk. uh, doesn't what's his name from, from law and order show up there too. Uh, oh God. Uh, Richard Belzer. What's his, what's his character's name? It's like yes. lunch or something. Yes. He does. He shows up in all that stuff, right? He does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, ha- the black and white canvas Bob, before we just seen him in black and white, we're going to be objective about his technique, right? Sure. And, and whether or not he can pull that off and not hide it under a bunch of color, a, under a bunch of flashy, um, you know, beat the devil out of it, fucking uh, oil paint strokes. Mm. You know, we're going to see that objectivity, the contrast between the black and the white. The coconut in black and white. Those kind of things. Those details matter. If Peapod shows up, maybe he looks just as good. I don't know. I don't know. If Peapod shows up, uh, I would be surprised because I didn't put it in order. Wait, is that service still around? uh, I think so. Um, So, fucked up story. I mean, not that I... Not that I want to bring up work shit while we're here, but, you know, sometimes it's cathartic to get these things out, right? So... So this happened Monday, actually, right? So I, I, long story short, I work one day in the office. I'm in on Mondays and uh, I'm there. Most of my team's out and one of our department managers, he's not my manager directly, but he's one of the, one of the managers on the team. He sends us an email and he says, you know, basically I'm not coming back, right? Very abrupt exit. We have no idea why uh have have i I have no details other than 
He said there was a personal issue. I got the sense from the the email itself that it sounded a little more complicated, like maybe a legal issue or something. I don't, I don't okay. know. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. You know, I'm not going to name names, okay? Because yeah. obviously there's confidentiality with the people you work with in an office like this. So, you know, and also, not, we're not a fucking podcast network full of rats. So That's what I'm saying. But but it's it makes it difficult on somebody like me because you know it, it i mean granted you know i work in an it shop in a in a company that provides actuarial data to insurance companies the Stop worst thing that happens if well, the worst <laughs> thing that happens is if a server goes down yeah. we just fucking go fix it and you know somebody doesn't get their insurance premium in in 5 minutes they get it in you know 20 or 30 um you know it's not like i'm working at a bakery or something right where you know, my manager would come in super early, get the dough going, make yep. sure that mm-hmm. everything is clean. We have a nice workspace. Mm-hmm. Maybe get a batch of the, I don't know frosting or icing or something like that mm-hmm. ready. You know, this is a it's a different scenario. So, so the good thing is, mm-hmm. it's looking like we're probably going to restructure the teams a little bit so that the existing three managers that we have will actually be able to delegate out to the team of i think we're at like 21 team members now okay um so it's a slight shift and it, it could have been worse definitely a little bit of a source of stress though so i gotta oh, say yeah. hanging with say. bob it, it, it helps alleviate a little bit of that from uh from earlier in the week so it calms you down a little bit i mean yeah i mean this it, definitely what he's painting too is is absolutely a getaway for you at this point you know i mean I, because I, you, you don't want to end up there. huh i'd go away to there Oh yeah, yeah. But you want to go there as a destination to relax, unwind, and not get yourself so stressed out by this situation that you toss yourself into the fucking ocean or into the lake or whatever body right. of water this is, you know? And you would right. you know, you I I know you. You're very um I wouldn't call you a fashionable guy, but you're meticulous. You know, you're very uh, intentional with like what you wear and what you buy and stuff like that. So, you know, you wouldn't want you would you would definitely leave your shoes behind, you know, because yeah. I know that's kind of like I wouldn't say you're a sneakerhead, but like you do care about mm-hmm. you know your fucking shoes. Maybe maybe a family member could fucking pawn those out for you know a couple couple yeah. shekels. We'll Something. see. We'll see. Oh man! So you and I both have bought houses in the last year, coming up on a year Fuck here yeah. myself, full year, mm-hmm. and. uh the last couple of months, you know, I know it's been across the country, but obviously we've had drought conditions. It's just been ridiculous. But mm-hmm. um, I, I've been able to save like I don't know sixty five percent of my grass, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going out there watering it manually, even though I have an irrigation system. And the, the tough thing you is do. the irrigation system. Really? I do the, the, absolutely. It came with it, or I mean, it, it already came, it was already installed. Came with. Okay. Already installed. But here's here's what's complicated, right? So so the way that these things work is like there's a control panel, and the control panel has your schedule and your timing and all that stuff. And then you have your sprinkler heads, which are already buried. The lines mm. are, are already run, so I didn't have to do any of that stuff. Damn. And there are four zones, right? So the four zones are controlled by these things called solenoids. And solenoids yep. are in this box, the junction box, and if you want to, you can just unscrew the solenoid a little bit and force water through any given zone, and it will it will hit the lawn, right? What I have not been able to figure out for the last month mm-hmm. is I think my controller's broken 
Because okay. I have the schedule set up, and it should go every other day for 10 minutes a zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Hmm. So I've had to go outside and manually open a zone each time. I don't know if it's the controller, or I don't know if the solenoids themselves actually need some like better heavy-duty pieces, like brass fittings or something like that, like junction fittings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know enough about it, but I gotta, I don't know. I, I gotta call somebody or talk to somebody at a sprinkler company. But you know, at, yeah, at I, some point, I just I gotta get that sorted out. But it's not like super high priority, you know. No, it, that's no. It's a it's a fucking good point because uh, I, I mean I've sent you pictures of my front. My front yard, I have a giant front yard. Like, that's not even bragging mm. rights because I fucking have to take care of the thing. Sounds but like you're like bragging. Fully, yeah, totally bragging. But it's, it's, um, there's not a lot of, uh, sun cover from it. So it just gets beaten down. Now, it's not like super yellow or dry, but like, there's no irrigation out there at all. Like, I can't mm. pull the hose out there because it's not fucking big enough or long enough. Um, yet, you know, but, um, because we, it's a whole fucking system with the fucking pipes, you know, we got to swap that out at some point. My fucking spigots yeah. don't work. It's a fucking pain in the ass. So, um, I, uh, I did find a, a, a the sprinkler company and they're national too. And they, they actually do have a Rhode Island office. So, oh, all right. uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll send you the number because I've been fucking looking into, that's why I was surprised that it was our, that you bought the house with that already installed. Because that, yeah. I mean, what a fucking huge upside for you. But uh, yeah, I'll send, I'll just, send you uh, her. Uh, I, I zoomed with her, did like a Zoom fucking consultation thing right. um, earlier in the week. So I'll, I'll, I'll forget her name, but. Yeah. Can you send the name along too, just teeth. in case? What's that? Oh, can you send the name along too, just in case? Yeah, yeah, I will. Very nice. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, this weekend, I, I've got a so talk about bragger day, but I got I got a busy weekend. I got two shows this weekend: Friday night, Lady Gaga at Fenway. Wow. Sunday night, uh-huh. Bill Burr at Fenway. Holy Very shit. excited. Very fucking excited. What the fuck? One. <laughs> I know. Is that speaking of Nolan? Is that like uh, you know how he does the the when he's directing films, one for him, one for the studio, and then yeah. is this like yeah, one for exactly. the one for the wife, one for you? Kind of deal. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. So we bought the Gaga tickets like three, you know, before pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously, I bought them because I know Meg's a fan. But I, I fucking like Lady Gaga. I think I think you and I have talked about this before. Like, yeah, she's pretty good. So you know, if she's one of the best, one of the better acts out these days, and she's in her prime, it's kind of a switch for me because I'm always seeing like '70s rockers, you know. So um, seeing somebody mm-hmm. while they're they're like, you know. In in the, in the prime of their career, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, let, let's let's see what that's like. In so. their prime, young enough to like, I know she's had some uh, like physical issues. You know, when it comes to performing, just like mm-hmm. you know, like uh, I don't. I, it was in the the documentary. I forget what the documentary was on Netflix, but uh, she talked oh, about. Right. I don't know if it's a muscular skeletal issue or something like that, but. Um, She's still in her prime and still able to to just fucking give her all yeah. physically in a performance. I mean, to be able yeah. to see that is just – I think it does kind of warrant some of the not, – not the crazy, you know, scalping fucking broker ticket hikes. Not like that, but mm-hmm. it does warrant a big, you know, ticket price, I think. Something like yeah. that. Production. 
All those dancers and shit, fucking costumes. Oh, yeah. People throw meat at her. It's fucking amazing. Well, it'll be interesting to see as her career goes on, like, whether whether she plays it cool or, or like, has the the kind of wherewithal, like, uh, like Elton John, right? Like, uh, oh, actually, we saw Elton John two weeks ago, right? But mm. one thing I realized at that show was, like, how fucking appealing he is to every generation because he's done different things for yeah. all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if Gaga will do that in her future or will go like the Madonna route of just a ton of Botox and just try to stay young kind of thing, you know? Oh, man, uh, that's, yeah, it's tough. Like you see so many artists, whether they're like, you know, some directors, I mean, fucking TV writers who will just, they'll take a concept too far. You know, they'll just, they'll spend too much time and effort in a given, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a world or something. And they just, they just water it down too much. Yeah. You know? he, I was having this conversation with my brother the other day. He came over. It was his birthday. We had some pops. And, uh, nice. Did you watch Tenet? Uh, we didn't watch Tenet. We did watch uh, The Prestige, though, because he, he's oh, a huge okay. Nolan fan. That's his favorite. All right, I'll allow Nolan film. Um, but we were talking about like shows that go on too long and that like, obviously like for us, I don't even know if it's a relevant, um, reference anymore, but like for us, at least on the, the binge network, oh, that thing looks beautiful. That thing's fantastic, by the way. That's not bad. Um, is, uh, Cinemax and Cinemax going, uh, or not Cinemax, uh, Showtime with their oh, Showtime, shows going yeah. on way fucking too long. Yeah. And what winds up happening is that the show and the show runners wind up burning all of that early season goodwill to fucking just nothing. They wind up burning, they wind up burning it all up because yep. it goes on too long. The, 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 so like Dexter, for example, um, sure. Didn't watch a show, weeds. but was around weeds. Yeah. But was around during its whole uh, run. And mm-hmm. had really great friends, fucking love that, and wind up hating it, you know, halfway through because they didn't recognize the character, they didn't like how, they, they didn't like where it was going, and it seemed that a lot of it was like a leap for that character, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where it just doesn't even resemble this fucking same character by the end of it. Yeah. Sucks when that happens. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, Dexter... Uh, I didn't see Weeds, but that went on, and I don't know, like, how crazy it got by the end. Um, I just know it went on for, like, 20 seasons or some shit. It's like, fuck off, man. Yeah, at a certain point, it's just like, I don't know, I don't know. You you, you water down the core idea so much that it's just kind of like, what the fuck are we doing here, you know? Well, especially when, you know, that show sets sets the stage as one thing, (laughs) and then, you know, you have a fucking finale, and they just hyperspeed through fucking years. Right. And have all these poignant, quote unquote, poignant moments and just keep on stacking these poignant moments where it just means absolutely nothing by the end of it. Yeah. You, yeah, you burned all the sucks. goodwill. You burned all the fucking goodwill. Woof. All right. Well, before we get too far down that road. Uh, yeah. All right. Episode one's over. Not a bad painting. Um, I, I like think. It, Based on our recent uh, rating system, okay, um, 
I uh, let's see here. I think I'm going to put this one in the guest bathroom. I think this would look really good in there. Mm, uh, interesting. Bath- bathroom has like off white walls, but I think this okay. would still this would still be good. What about you? Um, I think I'm going to put that either in we have like a music room that we got the previous owner gifted us a baby grand piano. And it's just a awesome. fucking huge room that doesn't really have a lot of stuff in it yet. But, you know, when mm-hmm. you know sunset hits, then when that fucking setting sun hits that room and the nice fucking light, it, that thing will look. Mwah. Very nice. So Very that's nice. where that fucker's going. Three on time. Right. Nice. All right. Uh, next episode is going to be season 26, episode seven. Yeah. Uh, let me know when you're good. I'm and, good. Uh, all right. In that case, count it off and we'll go on go. Three, two, one, and go. <clears throat> now, I don't know if I'd like this, um, this file because it, it's kind of given, well, I guess Bob is giving away. Well, it says Snow Birch in the file name. So I felt like it was giving it away, but now Bob is just absolutely giving it away. You know, it's funny. I, I think some seasons he, he paints away, or he paints in at the beginning, and it is the one that's in the episode. And then other seasons, he just kind of like oh, he puts a see. different painting there. So I, I don't know which one this will be. But whoa, black canvas! Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I'm sorry. So I was on a tangent before. So the Lady Gaga thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the Bill Burr thing, right? So. Mm-hmm. Bill Burr was listening to his podcast earlier today, and he's he's very like, you can tell when he saw he's talking about it. He's like very nervous, excited for the show. Like it's probably going to be pretty fucking cool, you know. It's the first comedian ever at Fenway, um, and it oh, got shit, me really? thinking. I didn't know that. Yeah, this is the first time no no comedians ever played Fenway, so this is, this is first first for a lot of things. Oh yeah. But I don't know why, but I I listened to Bill Burr, and then I was like, ah, fuck, i got to throw some Louis C.K. on. You know, I, I haven't watched the new movie yet, but uh, I just threw on some Louis C.K. Let's see. Let, let's get into it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was reminded of the fucking bit where he's explaining how he's the type of asshole who goes to the Cinnabon at the airport that he arrives at. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And he's like, that's how you know... I'm just a fat piece of fucking shit. It's like everybody goes to the Cinnabon at the fucking airport when you're departing. Right, right. Oh, God. Had that discussion with my brother, too, because I called... Uh, I was going to say Louie was the goat, but uh, that reminded me of, of the comedy goat, stand-up goat conversation I had with my brother because he got very... He gets very defensive about his opinions because nobody yeah. – I don't think he really talks to people. So he just like mm, fucking nobody okay. challenges him. I got a brother so, like that. So I was like uh, – it was something about a Patrice O'Neill bit. And I'm like, oh, Patrice the goat. And he's like, the goat, huh? And I'm like, yeah, no. the goat. And he's like, hmm. So I guess we're just going to leave Greg Giraldo out of this. And I'm like, oh, god damn it. Well, he's dead. And I forgot about him. Not oh. bad. Also, 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 yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Also, yes, one hundred percent. Because that actually, the the following night, Liz and I just went on a great, the best of Greg Giraldo's roast. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude! Fucking 
just one of the funniest roasters, and also um, his last two specials were so fucking good, man. I, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen any of his stand-up, so I'm speaking from a place of complete ignorance now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Fucking love that I'm going to have to check that out. That's a piece. But dude, the Bill Burr thing, though, it's a big deal. I, you know, it's funny. I haven't seen him in anything since, like, King of Staten Island. I figured he would have popped up somewhere, but just, like, nothing I watch. He, yeah, no, there he was something I watched uh, recently. I don't remember what it was, but it was recently that I thought it was fucking Burr. I'm like, oh, my God, that lo- that totally looks like Burr. But it looked like Burr, like, 15 years ago where he had, like, the little froey, curly hair, like, overgrown. Almost okay, looked like yep. the lead singer of Simply Red from the 80s. <laughs> uh, I was God. like, oh, that's not him. That's fucking... Pat Healy, Chicago's own Pat Healy. Oh, yeah. Uh, decent little movie he was in. I think you guys might have actually reviewed it on the binge cast, but Cheap Thrills, you ever see that? Why does that sound familiar? Yes. Him and, and uh, what the fuck's his name from Anchorman? Uh, Will Ferrell. <sighs> it's close. It's close. Uh, what the fuck? I got to look it up Let's now. Let's see. I'm looking at Oh, um, is that David Keckner? Yes, yeah, David Kuchner. Yeah, that was a good little yeah. movie. Yeah, de- decent flick, decent flick. Oh, fucking Ethan Embry, Sarah Paxton. Nice. Yeah. Oh, Todd Farmer. Very nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. This is kind of related, I guess, but um, just on the cheap thrills tangent. But you know, there's always this like rolling, uh, well, Rolodex, I guess, nice. of of your docket, right? Shit mm-hmm. that. You kind of keep in the back of your head, and then when it's available, you get excited because you're like, oh, shit, I've been waiting to see that for a long time. Sure, this yeah, is, yeah. is going to be super, super deep cut, but are you? do you know of the documentary uh, Lost in La Mancha about Terry Gilliam trying to make Don Quixote with Johnny Depp like 25 years ago? I know of it, yeah. Okay, so it's a long story, but Gilliam tried to make a Don Quixote movie for like half of his career, and it just, this documentary... It shows you how fucking fraught it was to try and make this flick. Like, where they were shooting the film had a, a once-in-a-generation rain event that destroyed the set. Um, the actor who was originally going to play Don Quixote ended up getting injured and couldn't sit on top of a horse. Um, all kinds of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And there, there, eventually, he made a Don Quixote movie. Now, that movie kind of sucked. I really didn't like it at all. Okay. But the, I believe the same director of Lost in La Mancha made a follow-up called He Dreams of Giants. Now, this guy has made three documentaries. First one is The Hamster Factor, Tales of Twelve Monkeys. So it's just like a behind-the-scenes thing for Twelve Monkeys. Mm-hmm. The second one's Lost in La Mancha. And the third one is this He Dreams of Giants. And it's the chronicle of... Gilliam making, actually mm-hmm. finally making the Don Quixote movie. Um, super excited to check it out, but I, I don't know if it's anything that uh, anyone else has really even had their eye on, but I've, I've been waiting for this to come out for like three years, and it's finally out. So. Damn. Yeah, people that are into, like, and I know you're one of them, people who are into Gilliam are really into Gilliam. I think it's awesome. I, I fucking hate, like, half of his movies, too, but I just I, I like the guy. I don't yeah, know yeah, why. I don't, yeah. It's kind of like a Kevin Smith thing. It's like, yeah, a bunch of his movies suck, but just, there's something uh, interesting yeah, that's about a, him. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, dude, did you watch that Clerks 3 trailer? 
speaking of? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm not going to defend it, but I'm in. Uh, but I, I'm not going to judge anybody who's not. Like, yeah, I, I can't describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just. Um... I may I say... already have tickets to see him live and go see the movie. <laughs> Put it that way. So. Fucking Bob's got that perm nice and tight and an extra button off. It's wild. I love that dude. This guy and and a pink, nice pink shirt. Let this is a real wild know. question. Before yeah. I even ask it, what do you think Bob would look like if he had blonde hair instead of this brunette stuff? Now let's see. Hold on, I got to look at this facial hair before I answer because I think it's a little grayish. I just want to make sure. I do not besmirch Blonde Bob, as, as we're not blonde. calling him. I'll have a Blonde Bob. <laughs> Make that too. That sounds delicious. Um, yeah, it wouldn't look good, I don't think. You can't have – you can have a blonde uh, fro, as it were, but it's curly and long and kind of mangy. Mm-hmm. But you can't have tight curl – you can't have tight perm curl blonde hair. I just say it, I it doesn't make any sense. You wind up looking like a sponge. And if that's your pronoun, that's your pronoun. You're a sponge. No big deal. I guess. I support I guess. it. You can be whatever you want. So. Yeah, especially when you're turning out fucking great work like this. Blonde Bob is killing it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. So we're saying about Kevin Smith. Um, so yeah, I did see the Clerks 3 trailer and look, I, I feel like I kind of grew up with Kevin Smith in a lot of ways. I'm sure you have, you know, either bands or filmmakers, writers, whatever, uh, that you feel that way about, but like, feel like I fucking grew up with Kevin Smith. So I have a loyalty to him just as like a dude and I'll follow him, Mm -hmm. but man, do I not like his social media presence? Um, I never wound up going to to see Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Didn't like Clerks 2. Um, never seen Yoga Hosers. And this Clerks 3 trailer, you know, brought a smile to my face as it comes on screen. I'm like, okay, let's see where we're going with this. And then, of course, it has to be so fucking meta and... About Kevin Smith's life. That is... Because we all know, like, the first Clerks, Randall, is basically Kevin Smith. And Kevin was supposed to fucking play Randall. That's why Randall has all the best lines. Yeah. Um, now, Randall had a heart attack. And he doesn't want to just watch movies. He wants to make movies. All right. So... so- <laughs> Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I may even because he's he's going to do a Q and A after the movie. Yeah, I'm really thinking about asking a question. And here I got to figure out how to word it. But here's the question. Mm -hmm. Question is, if let's let's pretend you're Kevin Smith. Hey, hey, Kevin, how you doing? Hey, good, Dan. How are you? Oh, you know, happy to be here. Thanks for making so many great movies, man. I've been absolutely, following your man. Snoochie boochies, absolutely. Love you. All right, great. So here's my question: um, You have figured out a way to create, completely finance, and distribute your films 
in a way that essentially ensures that you never really have to face any criticism because you put up all the financial risk and you make the money directly, you and your investors, and you kind of tour the movie on this roadshow style. And, and you know, the, your last few films have been very successful given the flicks, call them flicks, man. Call them flicks. Oh, sorry. Flicks. sorry. Oh, the flicks. Yeah. So my question is, do you think it is healthy for you as an artist to only play to audiences that actually are here to only see you? <laughs> what a douchebag question. Am I right, guys? And then they just fucking haul your ass out, out of there. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's a great question. It's a, it's a great question. And I, It's not I, one that he has the capacity to answer, though. I bet he does if you delivered it. I, I think the problematic thing about that question, and wait, wait, I think, wait, wait. I think you already on. know Bob, what it is. Bob is a fucking jet. Oh, is it a fucking owl? That's an owl, dude. Holy shit. Oh, god damn it. All right, sorry. Problematic thing about that question is. I think I feel like Bob is just like, who got that Coke? Oh, uh, yes. You know, and then it's the owl's going like, who? And then who got that Coke? Who? What am hoes at? so fucking straight. Oh, my God. It's creepy. Dude, you know, just on this little clip alone, do you know how much fucking tail he brought in? <laughs> oh, oh, it's not. Because not only do you have just painting Bob, which is like artist Bob is like an artist is like attractive because they're creative and they're cre actually creating right. things. They're putting them up. It's real cool stuff. Um, you got Fro Bob. You got fucking Coke Nail Bob. You got three unbuttoned Bob. You got Beard Bob. You got Perm Bob. Now you got wildlife animal lover Bob and um, Beastmaster Bob. Beastmaster Bob, fuck yeah, he can <laughs> he can talk to owls and shit. I'm gonna call him Black Crows Bob because he can also talk to angels. <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> this looks awesome, by the way. It's it's uh, very Tim Burton esque. It is. This is fucking nice. Uh, yeah, so I think the problematic thing, and I think you already know what it is, is that you kind of accuse him of using his own money to deflect criticism because right. it's the whole put your money where your mouth is kind of thing, which right. is not, you right. know, like, it's not feasible for everybody. Sure, you know? but uh, if you can do it, I'd then like fucking, what's wrong with that, right? Right, absolutely. Absolutely. But does that make you an artist? It's a very interesting question. It the is, more you it, unpack, it is. It is. Um, I I find like the artist conversation in the same way with like the selling out conversation. Like at some point, you got to fucking fucking support yourself. Sure. Like, you know. Uh, Basquiat wound up not giving a shit about any of the money, any of his money. Mm. Like he, he was just like fucking diehard artist, like really didn't care for money, really didn't need it. Had everybody speaking for him. And like, you know, his, his paintings go for fucking millions of dollars now. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't hide behind artists and you can't just use artists as a fucking excuse anytime you want. Well, it's, it, it kind of becomes difficult to call Kevin Smith a sellout because sure. yeah. he's not selling out to anybody. He's he's literally just 
providing himself the financial freedom to make what he wants to make. Absolutely. I think that's the fucking dream, if anything. Yeah. So, like, it's interesting, man. If you can set up your own ecosystem of uh, where a production ecosystem where you can make your own stuff, you can finance it, you can you can produce it uh, post production, you can market it, you can do all that shit. That's the fucking dream. Then you don't have to fucking lean on anybody. Yeah, that's awesome. I also think the sellout thing, like calling somebody a sellout, I think that's so fucking immature and childish. Just my opinion. And and it's also it's also tough, right? Because I like let's say I tomorrow I come up with a concept for I don't know, a TV series, right? And I go to a company like a I don't know, like an AMC or something. To sure, sell yeah, the yeah. idea. Absolutely. And I had a character arc and a general idea of where to go. Now, sometimes that works out really well. You know, you get something like a, like a Battlestar Galactica that, granted, they were working with an established IP, but they took a story and made it wildly different than the original. Yep. Didn't exactly map out every step, but had an arc in place, and Ron Moore, coming mm-hmm. off of Next Generation, and now he's doing For All Mankind, mm-hmm. he knew how much story was there and he knew he had a certain amount of time and attention people were going to give to this thing mm-hmm. and he got in and he got out and he did really really well with that you know yep. not everybody it doesn't work out that way for everyone so you know when you're beholden to a company that says we need 13 hours of content every year and a half i feel like it kind of lights a fire under you where you can sometimes compromise the artistic merit of what you're making you know? Yes. Yeah. The thing that I find interesting about that, and I'm just going to relate it to the Kevin Smith thing too, is that, um, you know, we, he, so we, you know, he did Tusk, which I guess came out of the podcast or whatever, but, uh, Red sure. State. Um, and I fucking, I, I, I won't say I love Red State. I love it. I love that. I love it more because it's a Kevin Smith film. I, I love I it love because Red it's State. a Kevin Smith film. Yeah, but I'm, I, I'm in the minority. I fucking I, I love really Red dig State. that movie though. I, I really yeah. do. Um, yeah, but it's almost like, it, God forbid, like he has a it, there. There is a uh, let's just say non health related uh, emergency. Everybody's mm. okay, whatever. But he has non health related emergency and he needs some dough. He knows he can tap into that fucking fan base. He knows he can tap into the Viewisk universe and produce something that'll make some dough. There's mm-hmm. a safety in that, you know. Even if you don't have a great say, say you have a you have an idea of uh, Dante and Randall meeting before RST video and uh, the the quick stop. Oh shit. You're, so now you're talking like View of Universe prequel. That's what I'm saying. Like he knows okay. that that's always on the table. He can always do that. Look, what did the fucking Bluth say? What did uh, George Bluth say? What was his big thing to fucking uh, Michael? Pop Pop gets a Grisham. Yes. What's the other? Th- There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> There's always money in the banana stand. He can always go back and tap into the viewers universe when he needs some cash. And um, look, 
that's where you're fucking going down the line of, you know, are you an artist? Are you a fucking sellout? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Now, I know I just talked about the fucking sellout thing and how I think it's kind of fucking bullshit. Um, but if you're going to leverage your fan base for your own gains, then, you know, what is that? Is that just good business? Are you an entrepreneur? Because I don't know if you're an artist at that point. Well, that's the fucked up thing, though. So, see, I can't believe we're talking this much about Kevin Smith, but when I watch a Kevin Smith movie or listen to, like, a podcast of his or something, I go in understanding what he brings to the table. He's not a technically incredible director or storyteller. He's a guy that can get some laughs. Mm -hmm. I still do find him somewhat relatable. I I actually like the fact that he's aggressively positive about all the things that he is. I think that bites him in the ass with all the fucking overly emotional bullshit on social media all the fucking time. But he's one of the only guys out there who I, I think kind of credibly just talks about the things that he loves and doesn't really mention the things that he hates, right? There's something kind of admirable about that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But when I go to see Clerks 3, okay, I so so I'm going to see it. Kevin yep. Smith's going to be there live. Mm-hmm. My whole thing with seeing it was the only place I'm going to want to see it is in a room full of other Kevin Smith fans with mm-hmm. Kevin Smith in attendance. Makes sense. Because that's the, to me, that's the best shot that movie has at being a fun ride for me. You know, mm. it's not going to play at home. I'm not. I'm not going to give a fuck about. I mean, I saw Jane Silent Re- Bob reboot the same way. Mm-hmm. Not a great movie. Fun theater experience. You know, I bet, so that's man. what I'm after. I bet that's what I'm after. Because I'm going to put myself in that situation. Because love Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Like for me, if he just if that was the end, and I thought it was. I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought he said that was going to be his last Viewers Universe film. Um, I can see how the seek watching it, watching that with all Kevin Smith fans uh, can be fucking enjoyable, even if the movie's crap or even if you right. didn't like it. Just because you know all those people are going to pop when they see fucking uh, Walt Flanagan or something like that. You know? Sure. But I guess the point, the other point for me is I go to a Kevin Smith thing. I know what I'm getting into. I'm not going in expecting something more than a Kevin Smith joint. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, you know, it's going to be not, insular and everything, right? If he decides that he's going to make some fucking prequel about Jay and Silent Bob as kids, then I know that you're going to get dick jokes. You're going to get fart jokes. Um... You know, Jay Muse and and Kevin Smith are probably going to be in it telling the story of when they were kids. But it's all going to be shit that, like, is just kind of familiar cotton candy type entertainment. You know, that, that's it. That's fine. It, it, it's not like Kevin Smith is swinging for the fences or trying to do anything artistic or, like, change the form or, you know, make a nonlinear film about Jay and Silent Bob in black and white or something like that. You know, that's not... He's just trying, trying to, to make style. his flicks, doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted about it sometimes, but I kind of respect that more than like, I don't know, others who, who try to, you know, like Ridley Scott in the last two Alien movies. I mean, what the fuck were those things? You know, just, just like, I don't know, bad ideas. Just bad ideas. 
<laughs> dude, this is one of the. I'm obsessed with this fucking painting right now. This one's really fucking cool, <laughs> man. You could put a black light on this shit, and it would just pop like a mother. Remember the the black light, uh, Mitch Hedberg joke. I don't remember it. He said, um, "Do you think uh, the guy that invented when the the guy who invented the bond when he thought of it did a black light pop up oh. over his head?" <laughs> <laughs> I totally butchered that. But it's in the Mitch style, uh, the Mitch delivery, so, which is so so key. So good. So a black good. light popped up over his head. When I grew up, I wanted to get one of those maps that I could put tax in it to all the places I've been. But first, I'm going to have to travel to the top two corners of the map. So it won't fall down. So it won't fall down. So good. You want some homemade uh, Sprite? Not till you figure out what the fuck else is in it. <laughs> Lemon and lime? Nope. <laughs> I did not realize. Ducks eat for free at Subway. <laughs> I need four bags of sun chips and two sandwiches. Don't worry, don't worry about charging me. It's for a duck. It's for a duck. There are six ducks out there, and they all want sun chips. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh man, it's been a long time. I, I got to throw those on this week. Mitch all t- oh no, Mitch all together is the his first one, I think. Wait, which is strategic grill locations? Yeah, I think uh, that's the second Mitch? one. They're both good. Classics. One is a hyped up Mitch, and the other one is a very downed out heroiny Mitch. Oh yeah. Who's that guy? That has a, who's the guy that has that cool laugh? I hope that motherfucker's mic'd. <laughs> oh, distinctive laugh. Doesn't think that joke was funny. I'll know which ones didn't land. Oh my god, that's aggressive! Holy shit, dude! Right into your eyes. End credits. Owl is staring into my fucking soul. Right into oh, your God. eyes, into the soul you don't have, Jack Valley. Into the soul you don't have. That makes sense. Oh, man. All right, man. Uh, oh, good we, shit. Oh, we rarely get a uh, dedication. Of, dude. Dude, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. If there weren't 15 things that... There, if there weren't fifteen avenues for Bob to get laid in this episode, I don't. You know, there might be sixteen with that last dedication to his dead wife. Drowning, dude! Absolutely drowning. They, he should walk around with a snorkel anytime he did fucking visit, or fucking live performances or whatever, live classes, in <laughs> a wetsuit. Oh, fucking a, Bob Ross. All right. Well, Alex, uh, thanks for uh, joining me on this oh, little uh, journey. Dude, thanks for uh, having me. It's one of my favorite shows to be on. It's just uh, we we got Bob in the background. It's kind of a free for all. Whatever you want to talk about is what I want to talk about, and I love that format. Yeah, it's it's great. It's it's nice to I know we say this a lot, but it's nice to just have a, a sort of a catch all show kind of thing you can just throw on conversational. Doesn't have any specific direction really but uh mm. i don't know we try to keep it interesting so absolutely so, yeah. man. absolutely all right uh follow us on twitter patreon instagram and facebook at binge media seven zero eight four zero six nine five four six is the telephone number uh i gotta talk to tm about getting our own voicemail again i think we're gonna do that before the next show yep. um 
Ah, trying to think. What, what else is going on on the site right now? Uh, we got the binge cast going on, commentaries here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, give us an update uh, on the uh, where we are in the preseason of the NFL, because that that means the sports cast is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got some we got some NFL stuff coming. So what are, where are we now? Week one this is week two of the preseason. So probably see more of that popping up. Those of you who nice. are. Binge Media Fantasy Football League members. I think we confirmed membership for the most part today. We're still looking for one more. So, you know, if you're hearing this, get at me. I might have a spot open. So, um, Movie homework. Still kind of fucking dragging my feet on that. I just can't figure out the format. But we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. So Yeah. And uh, what else? I think that's it. Oh, uh, do, you, do you want to... Uh, I think you might have mentioned it on the binge cast, but... Uh, you and I were talking a little bit about commentaries coming up. Do you want to announce that, or do you want to save that? Oh, no, no. We were talking in terms of the TV commentaries? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned it. Uh, I mentioned it last week That's on the right. Binge um, We are doing House of the Dragon commentaries. First episode of that series drops on 821. Is that, That's uh, this coming Sunday, okay. Uh which doesn't matter this Sunday if you're listening to us three years from now. Um, but, yeah, August 21st is the first episode. We'll try to record those on Monday and get it up on Tuesday. Okay. Okay, we should be good there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. You got anything else? No, man. This was a uh, this was a great, um, it's a great fucking show. Like I said, I love doing it and uh, love chopping it up. Yeah. It's amazing. Just one last thing. It's amazing how well some shows hold up. You know, like they mm-hmm. just—they're mm-hmm. high quality when they're made, and then they continue to provide that quality over time. This is one of those shows. Absolutely, and um, you know, we know from the Bob Ross documentary that they're using Bob Ross as an ATM. Right. Um, he didn't do that because he had some. Uh, Weird management. He whatever, had artistic like, integrity. He had artistic integrity and left it up to those shyster motherfuckers to use his <laughs> dead corpse as an ATM. Such well. fertile ground for himself, and yet somebody else came in and fucked his little bony But I don't know where I'm going with that. You know, it's funny. I, I, I say this with disdain as I'm holding a little mint box. That is uh, Bob Ross Happy Little Mints. So I guess I'm a part of the problem. <laughs> or the solution. Or the solution. Sure. Final solution. Okay, that's it for this week. Uh, anything else, Alex? Mm, nope. All right. And I'm saying happy painting and God bless. hoo You've been listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network at BingeMedia.net. Support the show by donating on Patreon at Patreon.com slash BingeMedia. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Buy some merch at BingeMedia.net slash shop. Subscribe to our newsletter at BingeMedia.net slash newsletter. And don't forget, I didn't nice stop giving hand jobs because I was good at it. I stopped giving hand jobs because I was the best at it. When did they change this?